welcome back to Keeping Track. In today's episode, we talk to recent 2019 IAAF world champion in the 100-meter hurdles, Nia Ali. She talks about being a mom of two kids, Titus and Yuri, while being the partner to another world championship medalist, Canadian Andre DeGrasse, and how she balances being a parent while being the best in the world at her event. Nia tells us how and why she trained, or didn't, and raced through pregnancy, where she finds inspiration, how she started in the sport, her pre-race routine, and what life is like as a world champ. Hey, welcome back to Keeping Track. This is episode three. Thanks for listening. Um, We are here with Roisin and Alicia. We have a little different setup this time, though, right, guys? Yeah. Yes. First time we're all remote. Yes, I'm calling from Valencia, Spain. (laughs) (laughs) Nice pronunciation. (laughs) That's how they say it here. I'm doing a race on Sunday, um, but I really, I didn't want to miss this interview because we interviewed Nia Ali today and it's great. Um, Yeah, we had a really great call there. Yes. Yes, for everybody that's listening, Nia Ali is a um, newly minted world champion. She's a silver medalist in the 2016 Olympic Games and an incredible mom of two and so much more that we're going to find out on this Keeping Track podcast. Yeah, she talks about, you know, where she kind of finds her inspiration from her competitors and other role models and other women. Um, and it was just so good to talk to her, wasn't it? She was so nice and she's so inspiring. And it really it was, it was so cool to listen to her. So what else is going on with you guys? So Molly, what, are you, what race are you doing on Sunday? I'm doing the Valencia Half Marathon. Um, it's going to be pretty fast up front. Like I hope to PR, but the Pacers up front are going for the world record. So it's one of those races where you're just holding on for dear life, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Meeting yourself where you're at. Kind of learn yep. that. Yes. Yeah. Bringing That's out awesome. your best. That's awesome. So yeah. wish you good luck on that. Um, yep. and what do you got going? Me, not running related. So I'll I'll keep my like the rest of my crazy life um, on the side here. But um, how about yourself, Alicia? Um, I've got quite a bit going on here. I think I can I can say this now, but I'm at the final stages of writing a book. It's been a journey, and Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a fitness book, everybody. So you're not going to get the part where you know I'm talking about my memoir. That's for another time. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to take seven and a half years. Um, (laughs) And so I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to share that with you guys. Um, That's something that has been really at the forefront of everything that I'm doing right now. And once it's finished, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be able to um, sleep much better. (laughs) Yeah. From what I hear, books are an enormous project. So this is going to be a big finish line to cross. It'll be a big celebration. You're done. (laughs) Yeah. I'm learning quite a bit from everybody here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Alicia, I noticed I saw some advertisement for anyone who's going to New York City Marathon next week. You're doing a talk. Um, yes. down there with the New York Times and Lauren Fleshman and yes I, I want to go <laughs> yeah come and that's an, of course another thing of dream eternity is going to be ongoing but you know right in front of me is a book but yes we are um, we're going to be doing a panel with New York Times obviously touching about um, women's and elevation in sports and part of that is going to be you know my influence with dream eternity and where we're going with that and Lindsay Krause is amazing she's was the writer on um, the op-ed Dream Eternity piece. And she, I know she's going to come with fire questions. So if you guys are in 
New York for the marathon this upcoming weekend, um, November 2nd, 1030. Come see me. Check out the invitation flyer I'm going to throw up on my IG stories. Great. I'm pretty sure. Oh, <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the episode today with Nia Ali and Molly. Good luck on Sunday. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. And we've, re- we've really appreciated the feedback we've gotten um, and ratings we've gotten on iTunes and other places. So thank you for doing that. And let us hear, let's hear more comments from you guys and um, feedback. We, we're really all ears. Awesome, guys. All right. Bye. Make way for Nia <laughs> Ali. Do you want to introduce yourself, the world champion here? Yeah, I'm Nia Ali, world champion. That is great to say. Woo-hoo. I have not gotten used to it yet. Yes, say um, it again. <laughs> and the coolest mom on the planet. Kidding. Hey, <laughs> Just kidding. But, <laughs> but yeah, a mom. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So, all right, since... You know, you're talking about your new world championships. You've been newly minted. Um, Tell us about, like, the feelings of coming back to that title. Obviously, your number one title is mom title, but you do have a very special one with two babies under your belt. So can you talk about that? I think it was a lot more special this time around. Um, Just for Rio with Titus, I didn't know what to expect. And it was, like, my first rodeo. And then I had, like, the examples, like you, Alicia, and just um, some distance runners, a bunch of people who I've seen just return back to athletics in general to see and kind of just figure it out and fill it out for myself. And I feel like that was an experience alone. But to have success after Titus and um, to get pregnant again, you know, every pregnancy is different. Mm -hmm. You never know, like your kids aren't even the same, for Mm -hmm. goodness sake. So Mm -hmm. you just never know what your body is going to do. And I really had to like, push myself that extra mile, everything that I did, I had to do it a hundred times harder and just keep reminding myself that there's nothing I could take for granted just because I did it one time. So it's been a journey. And after one kid, two and one being four now with so much personality, I was like, okay, this is definitely interesting because bedtimes are changing. There's so much more energy involved, um, just physically, mentally having to just uh, wake up every three hours just nursing and wanting to really push myself as a mother as well so I'm like on the track pushing myself off the track um just being like a good domestic partner and uh, mother it's everything I was very emotional this year and I kind of had to bring that all in and try to remind myself that wherever I am at the time to just be in that place 100% and not think about anything else. Compartmentalize. Anything, yeah. Yeah. You really have to. Exactly. When you're a track, you have to forget about home for a while. Exactly. Exactly that. (laughs) It is, yeah. Yeah. It is is a challenge. Like, uh, my phone, my phone may be ringing because of this or that. Wow, yeah, yeah. And you had to really ride that out and just stay focused. Exactly. Wow. When you head out to the track, uh, do you bring your phone with you? Is that something as a mom now that you feel like you kind of have to be like checking tabs on it? Or yeah. on the opposite side, do you kind of feel like, okay, let me just put it in the backpack, put it on Do Not Disturb. They call me two times, fine, I'll answer it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do, actually. Um, I bring it to the track. And I'm with a new coach, Raina Ryder, this year. And it was like, I caught myself in the beginning kind of getting a little irritated because 
um, the policy with the training group is kind of like no phones. When you're here, you're here. And I felt, you know, you should understand as a parent that I may need to have my phone here and like on ring just in case. But um, it is my job. And I had to realize that it is my job and I need to be able to kind of take control what I can control before I get there and have my phone around, but really be focused in as much as I can and not just be like scrolling and checking on my phone, looking for things. Yeah. That right. You needed that accommodation and because not because you want to check your phone and scroll, but because your exactly. kids are on your end and that's exactly. a shift in, shift in your role now. Yeah. It's not, you're not. It's a not balance here. between like anxiety and like actually needing it for a purpose. So yeah. like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this, so, this is just totally interesting me in like a day in the life of Nia, like, Walk us. Can you walk us through what a day in the life looks like? Um. So I wake up. I drop my alarm clock like everyone else. And <laughs> what time is that? I want to know what time is that. Is, is, do you have human alarm clocks or you have like artificial ones? I I do have human, um, <laughs> but just just in case, Cute I try ones. to make sure I I give myself enough time around six, and um, just to make sure I try to get every like have everything ready. I put the backpacks in the car and do as much as I can before I wake the kids up because you know you never know what you're gonna get when you wake like you think it's gonna be one way but you're like am I gonna wake you up and you're like working with me today or is this just gonna be dreading so um sorry just on that how how old are your kids now four and 16 months yeah four and 16 months wow and boys or girls or so my son Titus is four yeah and my daughter Yuri is 16 months and oh she God. is you're in the thick yeah. of it you are oh, in the yeah. thick of it oh my gosh okay so yeah. you got both backpack or all the backpacks of all yes. the things that get in the car yes so what do we do next so this is season um okay. Titus will have school Yuri will go to a daycare okay. and um I go upstairs and first of all I have to scroll through my phone check my email again and make sure like what does Titus need to bring to school? Um, oh, yeah. Is he show and tell? Yeah. Like, so I'm panicking, making sure I didn't have to go shop for a plant or something. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, after I go through that, I get them up and I'm just like, come on, go in the bathroom, try to make it like brush your teeth. This is so fun. So cool. And yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> so I struggle with him for a little bit and then I make it fun. And I'm like, you want to go wake up your sister? Yay. Mm-hmm. And then we both as a team get her ready. And then we travel downstairs to a sleeping Andre and disturbed him mm-hmm. <laughs> to say bye and take them off to school. And then I come back and I cook breakfast and get ready for my day. Okay. Amazing. And just on that, like Andre, could you tell the listeners who that is? Oh, Andre. <laughs> Andre DeGrasse. <laughs> he is my soon to be spouse, hopefully. Ooh. But um, yeah. If you like it, boyfriend. then you should have put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, let's wait. No pressure that. there, Andre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't listen yeah, to if this. You're listening. I mean, we all know that. So, um, 
Yeah, I yeah. have a question. So, How, yes. How's that dynamic with um, Andre and you both, like, performing at such a high level at the same time? Yeah. Like, do you find it hard to, like, I mean, that's hard even if you don't have kids to, like, balance your energy back and forth. Like, how do you guys manage parenting and then both just being at the top of the world, basically, in your sport? I think it's um, good for us because we are night and day with one another, um, I do often refer to like Alicia, your situation, or like Dawn, because I'm like, you guys have like the cool, like I'm, I'm gonna stand by your side, I'm gonna hold your blocks, I'm gonna hold you back. Like you have that that option to be able to have your husbands mm -hmm. um, just, you know, kind of be there in support mode instead of like training mode. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so we joke. I joke about that a lot. But I know it's, it's difficult to kind of have to focus on yourself, but be conscious of your partner. And since we are so different, we help each other with that balance. I'm like very hardcore. Mm. Um, I'm kind of like in terms of training get over it type of person because I feel like mentally we have to go through so much that you can't carry things too long because it will weigh down the next part of your life or whatever you have going on and um he is kind of like type a and he he needs to know like yeah, <laughs> yeah like is this what it's going to be? This is what it needs to be. What are we doing? Where are we going? And I'm like, oh, whatever happens. Like, just mm -hmm. So we balance each other out, I feel like. And that's what helps it. Because when I am stressing or when I do kind of revert to his personality, he can remind me of things that I say. Oh, and nice. it, it helps me get in check and vice versa. So we keep each other humble and make sure that we know, like, hey, if you want a certain lifestyle or if you want your kids to have certain things and you just want certain things for yourself, you want to be this type of person. And you need to get through whatever you have going on and keep pushing for making oh. an honest, honest effort. Yeah. So you guys hold each other accountable in just a way to we help do. each other grow. For yeah. sure, yeah. For sure. That's incredible. On the same yeah. question that Molly just was asking, it just makes me really curious about well championships. Like, how did you guys manage that? Can you can you like can we be in your room? Can you can we be live yeah. on the walls? Like, what was that like? It you brought your kids, right? Split. Did your kids come with you? Yeah. So okay. we brought them there, and both our parents are there, a lot of family, okay. a lot of support. So right. um, we spend time with them, obviously, do it throughout the day. And make sure we get our proper rest. So we have the parents to rely on for that. But um, they stop. They always like always come by the hotel. For us two, we try to keep it like the same as we do all year round. We don't try to do anything different in terms of like um, just our our rooming or what we do, how we hang out. We just keep things easy and light. And I mean, yeah, it kind of works out because we split up. Um, we had our time split, so I was at the end. He was kind of throughout the whole competition, but I got to watch him and it yeah. was cool because every day we could talk about like, how is that race or like, what do you think? And it's cool because I see him train every day. So my reassurance is a little bit different than someone that's that may be family or friends and think about the past. And I'm like, oh, no, like you're ready. And just watching him get ready, I'm like, okay, I got to be ready. I'm I feel ready. Group. So it's really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from the surface, like it looks like it's really worked for you guys. Both came home with some medals yeah. and like yeah, are really it successful. You may be most successful couple. Right. There, I don't know. <laughs> We've been blessed. Yeah. I'm like, you yeah. can't like you really can't predict what's going to happen. But this was like the best possible outcome yeah. uh, other than if he would have gotten like all gold. But yeah. I mean, 
considering where we've come, come on, from. Two silver is it silver and a, two silvers and a bronze? So, so well, silver, bronze, yeah, yeah. So you can call all the medals, like that's the point. Just grab all of them. Too bad. I love it. Yeah, we just came so far um, in one year and making a big transition, like moving from Arizona to Florida and a new coach and environment and a brand new baby. Yeah, it was a, it was a great outcome. Yeah, I mean, you look back at Doha now, you're just, is, was it a really positive experience about the, is it going to be a good memory? Yeah, it's going to be a really good memory. Um, just having everyone there supporting and just waiting around, like, as we went through the rounds and just seeing, like, the anxiety for all of them as well and our family and friends because they didn't know what to expect. Uh, it was, it's definitely a memorable moment and something that I feel like is a good base to, foundation to build on. I'm going to take a quick deep dive really quick because, of course, we're going to expect this question to come. Um, I, does the U.S. team allow, like, how do they receive your your kids around um, with the camps? I know there's only a limited amount of stuff. I mean, if you want to, I'd love yeah. to talk about it. Um, I think, like, this is just a pretty um, interesting topic, and it's one that we're diving into, especially within mm-hmm. sport, because, you know, more and more women are recognizing, hey, I can do both. We just don't have the mm-hmm. resources. So in my mind, yeah. it makes me hard to conceptualize how will I. Um, so just maybe, like, yeah, how was how that? Yeah. Did you accept it? And, like, what about IAAF going to camps, helping support anything? Yeah, I feel like um, in terms of the USA, uh, it may be a situation where if you ask, it can be presented to you. I don't think it's a thing that's just presented offhand. Uh, I haven't experienced that myself, but I do know in the past um, there's also there's always had to be like your own accommodations and whatever you like you you need for your children separately. And um, I did run into like a, a slight situation for the match mm-hmm. where. I, you know, I, I would love to bring my kids to every meet if I could, but I, I wasn't sure that there would be accommodations for some mothers who would be there uh, to be able to, like, have their own rooms to bring their kids. Obviously, if I have a roommate, I can't bring my kids and have a room unless I would have to pay for it myself. And that would just become very expensive when I know that I have worlds coming up. But they did make some accommodations. And um, I guess it's just not... Everything's just not black and white. There's gray area. Mm. And I guess it's an ask and you'll receive type of thing. You may receive mm-hmm. whatever they're able to accommodate with. What were the accommodations that you were able to get, if you don't mind us asking? Oh, I, for, the, I for, the, up, for our listeners. I ended up not going because um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't able to have my own room. And it, honestly, it didn't fit in my schedule for my training and preparing for the world championships in the first place, I was just going to do it to represent the team and, you know, do what I could for the team. But mm-hmm. upon like further information, I just felt like it was in my best interest to stay back. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I mean, you, you mentioned about this particular um, event, uh, not feeling like, okay, this is even fitting your schedule, but do you feel like there was a way we could maybe better meet in the middle and have it in black and white if, say a foundation yeah. oh, was yeah. trying to help, uh, you know, mothers yeah. and be accommodating, understanding like there's going to be sure. a middle ground in it. What, 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 oh, what would you suggest? Yeah. Well, I just would suggest for things to be a little more black and white, just because um, 
I'm a rules person. And if I'm under the understanding that this is the criteria that you have to meet to be mm -hmm. able to, let's say, get your own rooms or be accommodated mm -hmm. for families and such, then that's what I'm expecting. So mm -hmm. I would like for mm -hmm. things like to be in writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just writing. like just to let us know, like, this yeah. is the criteria. Yeah, this is the new criteria. These are the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Am I even entitled right. to this or not? Or is this exactly yeah. exactly yeah. like why should yeah. I ask? Why do why what makes me so special yeah, that I feel sure. like I can ask? Yeah. So mm -hmm. and I feels. Yeah, mm -hmm. I forget what it is, but Alicia, do you remember USATF gives you your own room for, is it a gold medal or just a medal in the last four years? We don't know. It changes. We don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. say okay, yes. so here's how it was. It was, if you have a medal, you get, you are supposed to get your own room. And we do know of several athletes who receive a medal and they continuously get their own room and it cannot right. be discretionary. It's kind of like right. what we're talking about right. on the maternity leave policy. Right. Some athletes can't get, uh, uh, if one person gets, like everybody should be able to, and it shouldn't just be, just because you're Serena Williams, you get to keep yeah. your contract. Exactly. Um, yes. Nice and Serena, trust me, no shade. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> but, I've seen but, some great models for that too. Like yeah. I always loved how um, New York Roadrunners for a marathon weekend, they would put up a whole family, um, a woman and her whole family, or if she needed two rooms because some women oh. they like to be have a little bit of a break from the kids or get a good night's sleep so yeah um, wow. I've seen okay. it done really well and yeah I feel like if they're great at like showing what's possible yeah I remember oh. I went to Fifth Avenue Vile and New York Roadrunners accommodated they had two rooms for myself and and Linnea um well she didn't sleep by herself guys but <laughs> <laughs> they made it so that it was like accommodating so I could get a good night's rest and Papa and, and Linnea you know nice so, Nia, you know wow. what to ask for next year on that. the circuit when you exactly oh, wow. <laughs> world champion <laughs> down your gold medal and Molly say. and Alicia told you oh, God, <laughs> I, think good, I think this is a good conversation to have so we can figure out how we can also pull resources Especially yeah. as moms like are seeing people like Nia to be like, I can do this, and or you know, not just moms, parents are you know yeah. able to see like I can do this. I'd like to be able to bring my family along, especially young Love mothers to who be are, able to. are nursing, and that's a whole nother you know ball game. I remember showing right. up to a, you know Bahamas and pumping, and there was no accommodation for where I was going to put my milk and. In, in case anybody wants to know, that, that little bag of white stuff was my milk underneath your Gatorade. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. Wow. But, yeah. yeah, I think that we yeah. just need to put our heads together and um, and be able to come with a proposal about what we think should be across the board. But you are gold medalist now. Yes. So, so you have platform. Year, they should listen to you. So far. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. We'll see. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And just even you, just, you just never know. <laughs> And Amazing. on that, like, you know, thinking of barriers that, like, you know, would pre could prevent another woman returning to the sport or thinking that this is possible. What are the things that, like, facilitated that for you? Or what are some obstacles that you faced that you were able to overcome as a mother? Um, I think mostly the, it's just, like, the mental. The men just more everything. Mentally. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. for me has been just mental barriers just because, of um, just different things like we just discussed that you may have to overcome or deal with and things that you may not think, oh, this isn't fair. Like you kind of go back to that whole, like uh, I would say child memories of things just not being fair mm -hmm. because you have had to overcome different things in your life. But when motherhood is a new thing, you then start to see 
other topics that may not make sense to you and you're like hmm and it, may, it makes you think so um i've definitely had to mentally overcome just things not making sense i would say and having to turn it into a business aspect and have to tell myself okay maybe this is just business even though it may seem like some type of title nine violation of some sort or something no. i guess it may just be business so overcoming that and is that exhaustion. to do with your own like personal contracts and stuff or how what do you uh, mean for, by that or? well no just for for me I, well i guess i say like male and female like you know there's so many like just men they can just have kids and no one will ever know when they run they come back or they play basketball football whatever and nothing is really affected um mm-hmm. as it would be for us or it's just like a huge deal They make Mm -hmm. a huge deal out of it for us if we run. Like, I talked about Alicia the other day. She's like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you run while you're pregnant, either you're a rock star or you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there Mm -hmm. is no in-between. So, um, I just feel like, for me, Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree. Working out, you feel great, you feel great. Your doctors say you're you're great. It's not meant to hold you down. It's not meant to hold you back. You you're growing a human inside of you. Like you're stronger than the next person who isn't right now. Like uh, like physically running around and being able to do this and overcome that. You literally are Mm -hmm. just ten times the person that you may have been beforehand like i don't feel like it's wow. holding you back yeah percent. yeah so um yeah i i ran while yeah. i was pregnant yeah did you train through both your pregnancies like how much training like i you wouldn't know? say i trained no uh i just did like so my first pregnancy i was like scared shitless honestly mm-hmm. about my contract or what would happen mm-hmm. um i just i was like maybe this should be a secret it didn't seem wow. as like big as it is right now. Mm. Like right now is like a huge craze. Everyone is just like, how what can I do craze? it? What, <laughs> the, the part is like having a baby and doing what I do. <laughs> like it's a craze. It's a thing. Like, oh, I'm going to have a baby and see if I could climb the tallest building. Yeah. So I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's great. Everybody's empowered. So I'm yeah, like, everybody's yes, empowered. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm all Shift. for that. But um, even in the four like years since your before. first pregnancy, it's like in four, the four years. years. Yeah. Night and day. Wow. So yeah. first time around, I'm like, should I say anything? Even to friends, even, even to competitors. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, let me just just keep mm-hmm. it to my family and keep it for myself because mm-hmm. the feedback that I may get may be so negative. Whereas now, People are just rooting for you. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh my goodness! From from the beginning, mm-hmm. so it's definitely been two different experiences. Um, for my my contract alone, telling my employers. Um, who's your yeah, sponsor? Yeah, let's talk sponsor? about that. Who's your sponsor? Yeah, Nike. Nike is my okay. sponsor. Um, and in the beginning, for for the first time around, I was scared to say anything, but they kind of found out. Mm. So. And tell, can you can you dive deeper into that, or is that something for another? Oh, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they even found out. I just know yeah. that they asked my agent, like, "Hey, is there anything we should know?" And my agent was honest, like, "Okay, um, yeah, here it is. Mm-hmm. Nia won't be competing for nine months." What's your contract? Um, so, can we can we ask the deep questions? I mean, you know, your girl, Dream Maternity, over here. Um, <laughs> Totally fine, you know, a kibosh and edit, whatever the whole thing is. But can we yeah. ask, was your contract affected? Um, is that something you want to save for, 
you know, another day or um, how, how was it with so, pregnancy? Yeah. So the first time, the first time around my contract was obviously affected because I had to meet a certain criteria, which I can't really remember like off the top of my hand, but I obviously wasn't able to do that because I was pregnant. So, um, it's like the rules are the rules. Mm. You do this, you get that, you, get a reduction. you don't do this, so, you get that. So, okay. um, so okay. yeah, so it's like, you I mean, I can come forward and I can tell you, but I know that I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I don't, if I don't fulfill my requirements, then this is what's going to happen. So, so I kind of, I accepted it. Yeah, I accepted the, um, the consequences the first time around. And the second time around, I actually was a bit more bold. And I let them know up front. And I was like, this is what it is. I'll do what I can to fulfill my requirements. And um, I did reach out and I let them know, like, hey, this is what my contract says. This is what I'm willing to do. I'll go out and compete. And I competed pregnant and I asked for, like, a bigger jersey. I still didn't, like, make a big announcement that I was pregnant. But I'm like, let me get a bigger jersey. Let me see how many meets I can get in. I ran. Like, I I actually... (laughs) I ran, um, I was contacting like a bunch of local meets. It was like insane. I, I like all athletics, just scrolling down. Can I find anything in Mesa? Just, just to hit random. like a, just, just to hit your requirements just or, to just, try. <laughs> or yeah. just because you wanted to or both? No, be, because I wanted to try to make sure I wasn't facing like a huge reduction. Wow. So, so just to give us to some background, to, to give us some background and most contracts and tell me if I'm wrong, have like a certain amount of races that you sh- need to compete yeah. in. For yeah. for mine in particular, I don't know about yeah. most, but yeah, um, you it's like races or appearances, I would say. Yeah. Um. So you were just trying I, to hit up in your quota. I was just trying to make sure that <laughs> I yeah. was like, does this meet count? Because I'm gonna do it. And yeah. um, and I and I just let them know like this is I am really trying to fulfill my contract, and I'm trying to do what I can do. Um. And at the end, I didn't end up getting, I didn't hit the quota, to mm. be clear, because I had to stop. I mm. was like, I can't even get in the starting blocks at this point, so it's yeah, not worth it. Like, I can't bend over. Yeah. And, and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I even, I ran a 60. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even a 60 runner, but. Wow. Like, okay. okay. I want to dive, I, I want to know, like, how, what race, um, like, how far along were you pregnant? How did the results go? Like, you know, how did you feel? It was, like, it was bad. <laughs> It was bad. Um, I ran, I remember running an open 60. Ajay was there to watch. It was in New Jersey, I believe, like at this new track, indoor track. And um, it was, uh, the results were terrible. I mean, like people were surprised to see me there. Honestly, they were like, oh, wow, stay around. You couldn't tell. tell. I didn't show for, yeah, I didn't show for a good like five months. Okay. So I went as long yeah. as I wasn't showing. But even yeah. when you couldn't see, you know how you feel like some yeah. hardness there yeah. and you're like, yeah. I can't three point. I can't bend down. Yes. So yeah, yeah I went and to you were going over months. hurdles and all of that. And I went over hurdles actually in February. Yeah. Um, I, and I how, how far along overseas. were you in February? I was four months Okay. Wow. Wow. You know, just to give our listeners some background, um, you know, it's interesting hearing you talk about, 
the stark difference on how you felt from your first pregnancy mm -hmm. and how you just felt like, well, I just have to accept it. This is just what it is. Um, I should just hide it because, you know, within the bounds of these contracts, it looks like I won't be able to hit these sort of things. And right. then, you know, do you feel like you, you also recognize, okay, this standard contract needs to be more available across the board for men and women as you were, it sounds like, you know, when you're coming into the next one, you yeah. start to realize that, right? Um, so or, coming into my, well, I went into my next contract before I even was pregnant. So mm -hmm. that was the tricky situation there. Ah. And, um, yeah, so I was, I was already, um, into it, but I kind of just realized that I need to be more vocal yeah. and to, yeah. And to just be like smarter about like how I made my deliveries and what my delivery was going to be to show that it's not something that I'm trying to take advantage of. It's something right. that I'm trying to work with you guys so mm -hmm. we can both get the best results. Mm -hmm. And um, awesome. in the end, you, want, you yeah, were willing uh, to do more, like you were willing to show up in different ways. In yeah, order exactly. To, yeah. To be, exactly. Continue this. Just to, mm -hmm. just to show that I'm making the same effort that on this investment that you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so it did. So the second be. time it worked in my favor because I, I think because I was like more vocal and I mean, I don't know who knows the reasons, but mm -hmm. uh, the second time around, I was able to be get away from like the all the um, reductions or anything that would come with it. The consequences that would come. So I had like a much better experience. I, I was older. I was able to vocalize my wants and my needs more and mm -hmm. it worked out the second time. Well, I'd say again for our listeners just to recognize, uh, Nia, right. when, when was your son born? What year? My son was, oh, <laughs> 2015. Nia had her son Titus in uh, 2015. She came back yes. in 2016 at very, at like three or four months and won a world title indoors yes correct so how many months? 10 months he was 10, 10 months. months he was yes wow. yeah he was 10 months and then she came back um 2016 that same year and won a silver medal at the rio olympics with titus just over one year old yeah. like one years old so i feel like your sponsor had to be like oh okay like is she gonna do this again i know <laughs> i was know just wondering too i was like i was seeing like all these baby commercials from my sponsor i'm like okay can my baby feature yeah. <laughs> like, oh my um, gosh let's keep I, it real yeah. i love it Oh, and you're you're so, like I definitely was wondering. Yeah, and you're like one of the like best athletes in the world. Like you have the medals, you have the hardware, and you were still feeling like, oh, like this is. I'm not I know. Yeah, still she, nervous. Achieved even like great, like nervous. bigger feats. Two medals in mm -hmm. her po first postpartum year. That's like huge. A gold medal, right? Indoor, uh, silver medal outdoor, and then you just showed us again with. Um, with uh, Yuri, you know, you just, yeah. he's just over a year old and finishing with a silver medal. You're incredible. So that was big for me. Honestly. Yeah. Like I feel like with um, Titus and you know, you know how it is when you do something one time, people just have to see it again. They're like, yeah. this is definitely not going to happen twice. This yeah, is definitely I mean, going to be harder. So it's definitely been like, just, uh, it's been amazing to be able to do that. Satisfying to be able to turn yeah. and say, hey, it is actually possible. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, exactly. I think we can talk about this forever and I really would like to yeah. still come back around. But um, I want to just ask you a little bit, of, like, you know, just rewinding. Tell us about, like, I want to know how, how you got your start, like the history. Tell us your history in the sport. Like, when did you discover yeah. 100 meter hurdles was, was going to be your thing? I kind of discovered that when I was in high school, I 
was more known as like I guess a relay runner once I got to my freshman year because around 14 I had like a major growth spurt in age group track when I was I started at six I was cross country 3015 you know like most people start out but yeah I had (laughs) like a lot of records and um (laughs) Like when I was 11 years old, I went 443 in the 1500. I ran hey. 216. Like I, I had some. What? I what? Very we're, we're pulling you into the yeah. middle distance when you're going yeah. sprinting. So that's how I got so close to Latavia. Like that's how we became best friends because we raced all the time and okay. we just battled back and forth. And she stuck to it and I peaced out. um, you're like if i can only do this for you know 12 seconds you know exactly so that's so smart i was like and i get to jump okay so i don't have to be like sprinter fast but i can kind of merge the two jump around i like to like doing other sports so my senior year i got into it because um latavia and a couple other people they were getting like letters from lsu and ucla i was like how do i get that (laughs) <laughs> and they said, yeah, you got to be like the best at whatever you do. And I was like, oh, what's that going to be? So nice. I found, wow. yeah. So these are the these hurdles. are kids in your, like in your school or whatever? These were, well, yeah, this is like my best friend, Latavia. She ended up uh, going professional after Alicia raced Latavia yes. all through college. Yeah. So... Uh, so she was like yeah, a, a modeling she model was for you like she was you. like killing it and yeah. i was like dang we battled each other growing up like you getting all these letters so i have to find something <laughs> after my, life after distance awesome. yes and I I, that's my life after it distance. worked out for you really really well <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you that's awesome yeah, seriously yeah. seriously yeah and then you so, went to college so go ahead Lucy. um no i love it go ahead yeah, I was going to say, then you went on to college and yes. had you have a successful career at NCAA level? Yeah, I uh, I was NCAA champion at the University of Southern California in 2011. And after that, that's when I went on to be professional. Excellent. I love it. Okay, well, you know, Nia, the purpose of this podcast is to highlight women in sports and to give mm-hmm. them more shine time and access to telling their story. Um, what part of your of your story do you feel is not told and, and one that you'd like to highlight better? Mm-hmm. I mean, the motherhood thing is pretty bomb, but I wanted to hear from you. Yeah, that. I don't know. Um, I guess the thing that I feel like should be appreciated the most is that everyone has a, like a different journey, even though it's not motherhood. It's mm-hmm. like people go through so much and um, it's how it is like women in work in the business world and how they always have to do so much more. I feel it is the same in sports and it's not just motherhood. It could be like overcoming loss, emotional loss, but you can't even like grief, right? Because you're a woman. So you have to be like so much stronger. And I I, I just would really like for more stories and personal experiences, journeys to be highlighted, highlighted. So um, a lot of young girls can see that you will go through things in life. You will struggle. Um, nothing's going to be handled to you. You will have to work through a lot of the emotional aspects of it. And you can be strong. Yeah. And um, it doesn't take any one thing in particular. Having a baby doesn't make you strong. But it's the experience in itself. 
Yeah. And uh, that's just kind of my takeaway from it all. Just being able to experience it is a huge blessing and being able to go through everything I did have to go through, even with like the first time around with my sponsor, it just made it better for me the second time because I knew like, okay, grow a voice and just mm-hmm. be stronger mentally. And um, I think that's my biggest takeaway. Amazing. Like very real and and have emotions, but be really strong and also be Be relentless. Yeah. For sure. But it's not a weakness to go through. It's not a weakness. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone's going through it. No matter what the picture is like on the outside, we're all struggling. And Mm. I really enjoy being able to hear what other people are overcoming Mm -hmm. because um, that just makes me feel like, okay stop your complaining yeah get it together you're not the only person that's tired you're not the only person that's exhausted you're not the only person that's having an emotional hardship yeah. so um that is i i want to hear more stories and do you seek mm. those people out like are there the people who have modeled that for you or people that you've read about that you're like wow like she's really helped me like just seeing how she got through something or you know somebody close to you or famous or you know anywhere anyone that's modeled something for you in that way um, I mean, it's so cliche. My my mother models it all the time. So I've seen it. She's definitely made me the person who I am just by taking in so many people with those type of stories. Uh, growing up, I had a lot of different children in my house that my mom helped out, not necessarily fostering in a, a sense of fostering, but she would help them and just helping people around. I think that that's where I got that nature from. So being able to see those stories up close and realize that they made it through things. I'm like, okay, so there's more, even my competitors, like they have so many different stories, Kenny Harrison, Brianna, like I wish they, people would talk to them more just because you are successful. Doesn't mean that you didn't have to like go through things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't get a chance to talk to them about their struggles to get there yeah they just talk to them about the success that they have Mm. so listening to their stories and knowing them like or hearing from them on a personal level that inspires me to go out there and be like i'm gonna work hard because these people have motive yeah these Mm. people are they're driven they're hungry so you can't yeah you can't sleep on that that's something you can't sleep on and there's such a culture i mean the u.s women are so good in the 100 meter hurdles like you you sweep the medals in in rio and Mm -hmm. Sally Pearson was a good competitor for you guys, right? But now she's yeah. retired, right? Um, so you know, cool. even that culture of you guys that like you know that they're they're hungry and they're out there yeah. ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, does that that motivates you? Um, do you for feel sure. like you guys keep the bar raised at that with that culture? Yeah. Or you know, oh. talk to me a bit more about the dynamic between all you guys. Yeah. Like Sally, um, I, like a lot of us, we watched her. Just um, even as competitors, we watched her and we're like 12, 20, like you ran in the 12 twos. That's super fast. How did you do that? So we studied her and then Brianna, she goes and does it. Then Kenny, she goes and does it. So you're like, okay, it's it's feasible. So how do I get there? And um, definitely like raising the bar, going back. And I know people check out videos on IG and just kind of see what what other people do and it's it's common and I feel like studying your craft is something that keeps all of us lifted up and seeing success I know people saw me go out there like hmm, her 
<laughs> like she did this so um it, yeah, it gets them fired up yeah, yeah i can expect it for sure i i like people are like oh how do you feel people thought you were a dark horse and they didn't see it coming i'm like it's cool like you're not supposed to see it coming everyone's training to get first <laughs> but you know you don't no one knows what you go through and other people don't have to see it coming for me to have the vision. And that's what it's about. That's what separates people from each other. Being able to have that vision, even when you don't see the result and when you yeah. don't see it clearly. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I love that. that. I think it's, it's pushing each other. Yeah. yeah, I love that you said that you're inspired by your competitors. Um, yeah. I think with the event so deep, um, like our women's hurdlers are in our country, like you need to approach it that way because I think mm -hmm. it would be easy to feel threatened by each other and threatened exactly. by, oh, there's only so many spots for us. We're all so good. But like, I think that's a great like adaptation to how deep right. the field Reframe is that you're like, that, yeah. no, yeah. yeah, like like they're better. So I need to be better and just like pull yourself up from it rather than back away from it. So that's like, oh, yeah. that's that's probably why you're as good as you are. <laughs> that's that warrior thank mentality. You. I love yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. together, you guys are getting higher. Does that make sense? Like, if it was just one right. of you guys, you would be oh, I'm not as motivated. But because there's so many, it's kind of creating the rise in the bar. It's funny you said that because in the, in the like, when you, when you do, like, if you have the opportunity to make a team, you kind of look around. It's the first thing you do. Like, who am I on a team with? And you're like, okay, this is cool. I like this team <laughs> because, like, um, it does help. I don't know yeah. if um, people actually realize it, but when you go in the call room and you see other people from your country when you're on the world stage, it's just like, okay, we're about to do this. And you know yeah. that they have the same motivation as you. They have the same goal as you. Like, it's number one. Yeah. They're not. Mm -hmm. They're not rooting for you to win. They're not saying like, oh, yeah, girl, we can. Yeah, we can sweep this, but I want to be on top. Yeah, so yeah. like just looking at them and seeing how determined they are and no matter what they've been through or where they're standing at the moment, you're like, wow, like you could have had the roughest year, but you right now feel like I'm number one. Wow. You rose so, above and like watching yeah. them go before, like rounds before. <laughs> yeah. You, know, kill like, it. you made it through. Okay, well, my, I got to go. You know? Exactly. You like, the the next. Yeah, next. they've got the eye of the tiger there. You can feel their power coming out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, seriously. So I so, think it's, it's such a cool thing. I have a question, yeah, about how do you kind of get into your zone, like, the night before a race? Like, it's a, let's say, you know, it's a stressful meet. You've got the best Americans there. You've got the best of the world there. Um, mm -hmm. I know being your sweet mate in the Rio 2016 Olympics, we saw you saw a glimpse of me doing my nails. And instead yeah. of doing your nails, I saw you going <laughs> to look for a glass of wine. Yeah. So, so I want to know, what is to what me. is your routine? What, what That gets you ready for a medal. Yes. What else are you doing? Chilling out? What, what's your mind um, like? Yeah, I'm completely chill. I get the glass of wine. I, I have to have my wine. And um, I like to I like to FaceTime. I talk to people. But everyone knows, like, if you FaceTime me, don't talk about track. Like, please don't talk about track because okay, you don't I like get away. No, yeah. I escape it completely. Or I watch other people. Um, I, I love talking to Andre because he's going to definitely distract me from my event by talking about his. And <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect because I'm like, your anxiety or whatever you have going on makes it distracts me from the fact that I have to get out there and do the same thing. So 
we listen to music, we watch movies, we talk about new shows that's coming out, but um, it's all about keeping like a routine or the routine that I do have outside of track for me. And that's how I'm able to stay calm. And when I get in that moment, like probably about an hour before when I'm about to get ready, that's when I kind of listen to my music and zone in. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, how's life changed since becoming a world champion? I know you're you were already a world champion indoors, but now that you're mm-hmm. like outdoor, you know, it's bigger stage and yeah. has things have things changed or do you feel different or, you know, no. are you getting more like media attention? Just wondering how life has changed for you. I think media um, the most, I would say, just because of the whole like motherhood thing and okay. yeah. yeah, being able to, uh, not only come back, but it's like the empowerment and the women's movement and all yeah, of that. Yeah, so great. that's been um, a lot of what's going on. And for, for my kids, no, because for them, they expect you to be like perfect all the time. Yeah. Like you yeah. kill it. Like, oh, my God, you didn't win that. Like, you better pick it up. <laughs> They're so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Mom, why were you in front? Yeah, like, what? I was like, this is the warm-up. You need to relax. Forget the critics. Forget the competitors. The kids are scaring you. Yes, the kids. The kids. But it's definitely been great because I feel like it's just a sigh of relief that there's been a rebirth almost for me after having Yuri. I just really wanted to set a good example for her. I always wanted a daughter, like, so bad. So, and I, the whole pregnancy... I didn't know what I was having and I was like oh my gosh all this pain and finally like yes a girl so it was exciting for me and I I really want to set a good example for her and my whole goal for this year was like I have so many patients with Titus on the track please God like (laughs) please let me deliver for her and (laughs) get her some photos as well and just show her what it looks like to be resilient Mm -hmm. and that was just my my biggest blessing this year to be able to carry my like carry Yuri especially because mm. she hadn't been there before yeah. and um she got to do it twice That's so amazing. that was cool amazing and just <laughs> on that did, a... oh sorry Alicia okay. no it's okay I so, love that go for it yeah no, it's okay <laughs> just wondering did you take like I know sorry I feel like we probably need to wrap it up but I have just like questions around like training and stuff <laughs> did you take time off after the after yeah yeah and yeah like, was that's hard basically to, what I was gonna ask was it too, hard yeah. to, how did you get like back into training or how did you know like what was appropriate training and how to push it and right just, like the the kind of mechanics of like actually getting back into training and how your body felt differently or right, yeah, yeah there's, I not, took there's off. not much guidance or research behind like elite oh, training no. so I want to know like yeah same thing yeah. like how was it for you and especially for our listeners you know I think it's good for them to understand how you how you came back too. Because I think people yeah. assume the coach kind of knows how to bring mm-hmm. you back, but maybe yeah. they haven't had athlete have a comeback from pregnancy. So yeah, yeah. What, what did you do? Who did you ask? Um, how did you approach um, that? It's funny you said that, Molly, about the coach because yeah, if the coach felt maybe if the coach feels like they have all the answers, then that may be not the best approach. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough that my coach was honest. Like I don't know how this is going to be for you. I have coached someone after a pregnancy before, but maybe not after two and you need to communicate with me. So um, it was, I took time off maybe, well, I'll say I ran for five months of my pregnancy and then I kind of went swimming. I did like some light jogging 
or um, like light running. But I kind of had like that itch on my leg. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like every time I ran and my body. The capillary itch. It's when, oh. you're, when your capillaries start expanding again after being constricted for so long. Yeah. I couldn't take it. <laughs> like, honestly, I couldn't take it. I was like, this is brutal. <laughs> so um, I did. I stopped doing that. And I kind of did nothing <laughs> until. Oh, good. No, this is yeah. good to hear. Like you, I did, did nothing yeah, at you all. Did nothing, and here you I are. Was like, forget you've got it. Contracts. You're a professional eat. athlete. You've had experience, yeah. and you're like, yeah, it's okay to do nothing, right? It's okay to do nothing. Yeah, I'll handle it when you. it comes. Yeah, I'll yeah. just so, whatever so my body is during that time. Uh, so I stopped completely, like running at the meets around five months. But yeah, then I tried to pick yeah. it back up. Yeah. When Latavia was pregnant at the same time, I said, I'll go running with you. And at this point, I'm eight months, nine months. <laughs> Shoot, no. Like, it, it was so painful. different, too. It's so it's different. It's so different. I was yeah. like, think, and I t- I'm telling you, Alicia, I'm like, how did she do this? How did we do this? <laughs> Again, that was number one. I think I was similar to you. It was number one. Number two was yeah. a little bit less. This one's doing a whole lot of other things to me, but listen <laughs> right. to yeah. So it what about was just, oh my gosh. Yeah. And what about after so, yeah. you gave yourself a chance to recover? Yeah, after I gave, I didn't start training again until maybe like October, November. Yeah. It was very late. How many I months was that postpartum? I had Yuri in June. Okay. So, oh, amazing. That is so great yeah. for, for women Huge to hear. It's great for me to hear. Um, especially this third one, I think sounds very similar to what you're saying with the second yeah. one. Yeah. Um, just, you know, not wanting to rush back, but also, you know, mm-hmm. you do feel part of you wants to feel like, feel like yourself again, but yourself is still yeah. there. Like, I, I hate using yeah. that analogy. Because, I know. You know what I'm saying? Like your, your inner self is there, but you have a new body and it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. I'm going to get used to this new body. Let me just figure it out first. See what I'm going to love with. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one yeah. day at a time I'm like, yeah. okay, the boobs are going cool. Like, <laughs> you know, just just, yeah. just yeah. handling everything. Yeah. One day you feel, at a time. You said you nursed. How did you feel nursing and training and nursing came back and how long did you nurse for? Um Yeah, I nursed a year. Yeah. Um, so I nursed a year for Yuri and it was definitely difficult going into the season because I found myself going away and just pumping and pumping and it's in between feeling kind of useless because you're not getting that latch she was one that's just like if you're if you're anywhere near me I'm latching period like I'm <laughs> so, I so i'm it. like panicking like how much milk do i have left in in a freezer like am i okay like when mm-hmm. i try to like go away um yeah. come back that. and that was that was difficult um but you still I, had I made speed it. i feel like you're debunking the whole you know when when you breastfeed you lose speed type of thing or like, oh yeah, no, I had speed. Um, yeah, everybody is so yeah. different. That's what I think. You know, there's no research behind this, so for people to just believe, well, I've got to just stop breastfeeding if that's what you want to do. I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, what would your advice be? Would it just be like go with the flow, do yeah. what you feel like works for you? I say go with the flow um, for sure, and everybody is different. I yeah. do. Re- I, I go on Google like everyone else, and I'm like. <laughs> I am still breastfeeding at 10 months. Should I feel this in my right ankle? Is this 
associated. You like, forgot to put so, elite runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I like, like I said, I like stories. So I read yeah. people's stories and I see everyone's going through, like, I'm like, oh, okay, this has happened to six other people. Get off. Okay. So, and what, like, yeah, what but, even, what's yeah. a resource for you as an elite hurdler for that? Like, where do you find those six people's stories? Because when you kind of go into the Google world, like this, you know, you're not really going to find right. much on elite athletics. Um, no. So wondering, yeah, like what was the resource for you in that? Or did you just have to um, kind of use what was there and yeah. do your best? I just that? did that. Yeah. great. I, I don't like, honestly, I don't really um, only think about elite athletes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. just because you aren't an elite athlete doesn't mean that you never had the potential to be mm-hmm. or that you don't have that same like elite fire, that elite athlete fire in you. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people who just target it different ways or maybe attack it in the business world and they just have that elite mindset. So, um, yeah, I don't really think like, Oh, this is the elite athlete way because like people are people, but, um, I do turn it into my mindset since I am an elite athlete and I take what I read and I'm like, okay, here's information. This is what I need to, how I should apply it. But I, I just literally, I'm a one step at a time type of person. One day, I feel this way today. Coach, I'm going to be honest with you. You want this time? I don't know if you're going to get it. <laughs> like, that's that's awesome. There's a lot to say. Uh, that you're my new that's so cool. I think that I could feel. be your secret right there, right? You know, yeah, you got to be honest with your coach. What you do not, a, not a practice hero. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to give you all I got on that day. I'm not out here to waste your time or mine. I, I got kids at home. So you know that there's other things I could be doing. So look, this is how I'm I feel. Work. I don't know <laughs> how this rep is going to look, but you mm-hmm. let me know. <laughs> we could go from yeah. there. We've had so much fun keeping track with you this episode. We want to know, though, um, for people listening, how can they follow you? What's, do you have Twitter, Instagram, yeah. a website? Like, What shout outs can we give? Oh, um, my Twitter is at it's Puda, I T S P O O D A. Is there a story behind the name? I know we're wrapping up, but yeah, I want to no. know what's up with Puda. <laughs> no, no story. <laughs> no story. No okay. story for okay. no definitely story for the not. Podcast. Definitely it's no just story. Puda. No, just <laughs> just follow it's Puda on Instagram. Just follow. Twitter. Yep. And my, or my, that's on Twitter. He said, yep, I'm weak. <laughs> um, so my Instagram is Nia Ali. That's it. Nice. At Nia Ali. And I fought for that name oh, too, because yeah. I don't know who had it before, but it was definitely some competition for Nia Ali. Are you serious? <laughs> so, There's only one Nia Ali in our eyes. Her. Yeah. Not so Nia Ali on Instagram. Two. Not Nia yes. Ali 3, Nia Ali. Yeah, finally. Nia Ali. I'm like, please, I don't want to do this. Just please let me be myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Love okay, so everybody go ahead, follow her at yes. Nia Ali on Instagram and it's Puda on Twitter. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nia. Thank you, ladies. And thank, thank you for sharing your story. Me. Yeah, thank you for yeah, having for your sure. story. And, and hopefully now your story is going to, you know, model for somebody else. And we really appreciate that. And Cool. Yeah, good That's dope. And whatever stories you guys have, please tag me in them because I want to listen in. Thank you for your support. We support yeah. you 100%. Thank and again, you. my, you're my new poster woman. Oh, <laughs> Congratulations. Girl. Thank you on the top. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
Congratulations right, and happy thank you. belated birthday, Nia. Thank too. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. I'm headed to Disney. Okay. Oh, enjoy. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. Major shout-outs to What Cheer Writers Club Podcasting Studio, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators and where Roshin and I record, and to Rudy Nakashima for our funky outro song. Thanks, guys. Nia, 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 what's up? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!